Hey everybody, this is Michael Willis, and we are back with another episode of the Greater Things Podcast. Sitting here today, joined by my lovely, lovely wife, my beautiful wife, Miss Kelly Willis, or Smalls as I call her. Glad to have her today on this episode. Um, Kelly, you want to introduce yourself? Glad to have you. Yes, hey, my name's Kelly. Um, I've been married to Michael for 11 years this August. We have two really super cute kids, Owen, who's 10, and Norm, who's 8. Uh, Michael and I have been youth pastors at our church for about six years now. Um, I am a nurse at the Carson Primary School, and I also am a nurse at a Jerry Psych lockdown unit at the hospital here in Clarksville. Um, enjoy taking care of my people. Um, in my spare time, you'll find me and Michael both chasing the boys around the baseball field or basketball court, you know, here at the farm or at church, so... Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we're chasing cows. We chased cows earlier today, so we chase just everything we we can get our hands around, I guess. So, but as she said, you will find us at the baseball field most likely in our in our lifetime for the next few years, as it has been for the last past few years. But that's the way we love it. We love our kids. They're they're happy with playing sports and playing baseball, and we love we love having them in church because they love having church. So. Uh, just glad to be here, and and once again, glad to have Kelly here with me. I call her Smalls, so if I end up saying Smalls, I'll try to say her name, but if I end up saying Smalls, it's just because I've always called her that my whole life, and I've actually had people ask me why I call you that, so let's just clarify that. It's because she's a foot shorter than me, <laughs> and that's about it. I mean, I'm six one, probably six, uh, I don't know. My doctor says six one, six foot, something like that. She's five one, so... <laughs> that's all there is to that she's shorter than me so that's why she gets the name smalls and and that's why i call her that and it just stuck didn't it so that's why i've always called her that so uh we will dive in this episode is just for those who just simply need god to do something in their life right now um life ain't always been peachy has it uh, we don't present ourselves with always having the greatest marriage or the greatest life because we've been through some stuff. We've done, I, I've, we've went through some stuff. I've done some things that I wasn't proud of and we've went through life, but we've came out together, haven't we? We've been together. We've went together. We've walked together. We've came through everything together and got by the grace of God, he, he's brought us through everything together in, in a, in a loving, in a loving relationship. Uh, that started from when we were children. And when I say children, four and five years old is when we started going to, or when we was at Salus, and I fell in love with her, this little brown-headed girl who always went home with me. And when we would go to my house, she always brags that she likes to think that she was Larry Willis's favorite because when we would go home on those days, and you remember this because you're laughing, when we would go home on those days, we'd go to the OARC, general store there and he would just let her buy whatever she wanted to (laughs) and she just thought she was in heaven and we would go home and my old home there at Batson it had a long hallway and our favorite thing to do was to get my dad's socks and put them on our feet and take off running down that hallway and slide as far as we could all the way down the hallway and he loved it he just ate it up so 
she always thought that he she was the favorite. She's still mistaken on that. No, you're not. <laughs> still mistaken on that. So, but I fell in love with her at a young age, very young age. And my mother always said, and, you know, my mother always just said, you guys are going to end up married one day. And you always said, no, there ain't no way like you don't <laughs> like me. Yes. But my mother always said it. So for that, I do thank my mother that she would always say that we were going to be married because we did end up married and I'm thankful for it. We dated on and off again for years and for ever, it seemed like, and then on and off again and on and off again. And on and off again. And one more time, on and off again. We dated. We liked each other. We hated each other. We liked each other. We hated each other. We loved each other. We hated each other again. And then we loved each other some more. So all that to say this, we we we, we wasn't the most mature of children in, in the fact that we always wanted to make each other jealous and do those things. So here's here's where we really fall in love i guess we're just laying out a story we're laying out groundwork and we're going to get somewhere with it and she's going to share a couple testimonies of of our life but laying the groundwork of our relationship in and the foundation that god built it upon is important because if there's no foundation we have nothing to build upon so with that being said we're we're at a youth rally one night at least chapel and as we're leaving and this is kind of a miracle for for my life but uh we won't cover it too much tonight today and this is a miracle for my life because as we're leaving that church me and josh 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 horn i wasn't gonna say his name but i did sorry about that josh if you ever listen and we are leaving lee's chapel and we're gonna go to wendy's and there's a couple young ladies that are in a different car and we decide we're gonna race and we're told not to race before we leave this building but we do anyway so in this little nissan 350z we're flying around these curves and all this stuff on this bridge, going pretty fast. And we end up having a wreck. Car fishtail spins out three times, just hits a tree, and no reason for us to survive. But once again, by a miracle of God. <clears throat> so as I come to in the in this in this wreck, I come to and my, I'm feeling fuzzy headed, and I look over and I see I see Josh there laying in the driver's seat. He was driving, and I think he's dead. And come find out later on that, you know, the death angel was coming because his mother told us that God woke her up to pray against death that night. So as I see him lying there dead, I'm thinking, oh, goodness, not, we're not, this is not good. So I climb out and I climb up a hill. I don't have a sh- I don't have any shoes on. My shoes had fell off during the wreck. I climb up a hill and I think I'm running straight. But when the church van comes along, I feel like I'm running a straight line. My father-in-law now, Wesley Turner gets out and runs to me and I'm not running in a straight line apparently. And all of a sudden she pulls up on the, on the wreck. And I, and at, at that time, I think I'm sitting in my dad's truck by now. She comes up to me and she just starts bawling. And I think I've got her where I want her now. I just took a car wreck and near death, but I've got her where I want her now. So I took this opportunity to say, you know what? I just love you so much. And in the midst of all her tears, she goes, I love you too. And that was when I knew I had her. At that moment, I knew that Kelly Willis, or Kelly Turner at that time loved me and we were going to be married. And she's shaking her head. But it's a true story. True. It's a true story. So we go, we start dating. We are 
dating and dating and dating. And for those of you that don't know, Kelly had had a diagnosis, and I'm going to let her tell that here in just a second, but had had a diagnosis of that she would not, not ever have any children. So at that time, we've started dating is the first time that everybody, we've talked about David Hogan before in the show, but that time is when we first went to Compton, Arkansas to see David Hogan uh, and experience these miracle services that he was having. So she, she ends up going, I don't get to go. I don't get end up going to this or I did go to this one. I think, or I don't know if I was there that same night with her, but she goes that night and she gets to go up front and, and I'm going to let her tell this story. So if you want to go ahead and dive into that story and tell us what that night experience was for you. Okay. So, uh, I did go to Compton. I went with a bunch of us from the church, but I had really went, um, because my mom needed a healing and I wanted her to get her healing. She has a bad foot that she needed healed. And so we were going, you know, not just for her, for many people in the church as well, but I specifically was going, you know, to see my mom be healed. And so um, he had asked everybody, you know, that needed a healing to come down to the front. And we just basically shoved my mom out the aisle and was like, oh, mom, go. And um, I got behind her, you know, and was down there. And he came over to my mom and, you know, was like, what do you need a healing for? And, you know, she told him what she needed and he prayed for her and she fell out on the floor. Um, I was just standing there kind of looking at my mom like, is she healed right now? Or, you know, what's going to happen next? And then he looks at me and points and he said, uh, you need a healing. And I was like, oh, no, no, you know, I'm just, I'm here for my mom and pointed to my mom laying in the floor and he said, no, you need a healing. And I said, oh, well, I guess so. <laughs> he came over to me and put his hands around both of my ears. And he said, um, Lord, she needs a healing in her womb. And right now, in the name of Jesus, be healed. He kind of blew an air out of his mouth on my face and he walked away. And um, like Michael said, a backstory on that, I had been to the doctor when I was 16. And I think I was about 18 at this time. Mm -hmm. And uh, they had diagnosed me with polycystic ovarian syndrome. And they said, you know, it'd be very hard for you to ever conceive, um, you know, have children. And so I had kind of just wrote that off that I would never have kids and was kind of done with it. And then, uh, of course, now I have two kids. Yeah, we do. Two, Owen, Owen, Owen and one Norm. And that's plenty sometimes. So. But yeah, for those that, you know... <clears throat> When she said she wrote it off and she makes it sound like that was not a big deal. Now that's a big deal. Yeah. Because I can't imagine life without them. Mm -hmm. And to think about there ever being a situation where that was not even considered. It's kind of heartbreaking because you think you just gave up. Not in a, And I'm not putting myself in your shoes, but just giving up the thought of, okay, I'm not going to have children and being all right with that. But motherly nature is to ha want to have children, to mm -hmm. want to raise children. And I know our kids are messy sometimes, but the thought of never raising our children, that, that just doesn't comprehend my mind or in, in, in it envelops my mind to think, wow, that I never, I never want to even think about an experience of not having them in our lives because we go from you especially, but you know, we go from, wow, I'm not even going to have children to now we can't even do nothing without our kids because we feel guilty. <laughs> Anytime we do something, we're like, well, should we take our kids or should we just us or take our kids? And then we're like, oh, we better take our kids. So we don't ever want to leave them out. But that's because of just the love we have for them. And we love and adore them. 
and we're thankful for them. You know, we're thankful for the blessings that they really are. They really are a, a gift and, <coughs> you know, a blessing from God. And, you know, so we go forward from that. You, you've, I believe you was healed that night. And whether we was, or, whether you was or not, you, I believe you was healed that night. Well, my aunt actually, um, Aunt Sherry had a dream and she called my mom the next day because that was right before Thanksgiving mm-hmm. because my mom had said the next morning she just got straight up out of bed walked in the kitchen like it was nothing and then realized that, you know, she had done that without any pain. Mm -hmm. But my aunt had called and told my mom that she had a dream that I was holding the baby boy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That night. Well, then, as we talked about with Brother Joe, or I talked about with Mr. Joe last week, that was also around the time that you had said, Mm -hmm. you know, you're going to have a baby. Yeah. And just two confirming confirming, uh, words from God that, okay, you're going to have children after that moment of prayer, God had healed you. So that night, and we go forth, we, you know, we get engaged, we get married, and shortly thereafter, it is little James Owen who, come, who comes into, the, into, our, into our lives. And for those that think that, you know, that the grand experience of having a child in the hospital is just something, this, this wonderful thing and all that, we spent a good 30 hours there, is that correct? 31. 31 hours. 31 hours there, to the point that we was in there so long, that when she finally decided to go into labor and was about to have James Owen, I had disappeared. I was just nowhere to be found. Uh, a common thing that if we make fun of now was my good friend Ryan Warren, and I love him to death. He was he was in the room. He was in the room, and he was a good friend because he stayed around while I ran around the hospital. He stayed in there, and when when the doctor came in and said it's time to have this baby, are you ready to go, Dad? They pointed at Ryan. So <laughs> Ryan's sitting there going, I'm not the dad, but I can go get him. So, so they went and come in. And at that time, I was a, uh, I was asleep in one of the, uh, in the chairs in one of the waiting room. So they'd come and got me and it was time to go and, you know, got to watch, ended up having C-section. Ended up having a C-section. So I got to, got to be a part of that and watch, watch Owen come to the world. Awesome experience and never forget it. And, thankful I got to experience. So moving forward, uh, I don't know what hit and probably going to get a little serious, a little deep and we've already talked about it once, but it might get a little emotional. I don't know what hit me, man. could tell you that, you know, it was this, it was that, but something in my mind just flipped and I was scared to be a dad. I was scared to be a husband now at that time and truthfully i just did not feel in a place that i was ready and you say well that was kind of too late because you were done married and having a child something flipped and to say this lightly i i was not the best husband i was not the best father i wasn't around a lot when owen was first first two years of life probably i was not around a lot I know I missed his first two birthday dinners, at least. I wasn't there. Whatever it was, I was not in a place that I needed to be to lead my wife, to lead my family, and to lead my home into a place that we needed to be with God. So life was not going great at all. Things weren't going good. Anytime, anytime that church came up, there was, I was either playing sick or acting sick. 
I had a reason not to go or I didn't go or just, I just didn't go. And, and to a point that she even just stopped asking me if I was going, she just knew the answer. But I want to give her this credit. She kept our marriage afloat during that time. Because while I was being selfish in my des fleshly desirable ways, I was being selfish. She was faithful to get up every Sunday and go to church. She was faithful to get up and to get our baby boy ready and take him to church and be in the house of God every Sunday. Every time service was open, every time the doors were open, she was there. And that took a lot, a lot of faith and a lot of gumption to go and just be somebody who said, no matter what, I'm going to be there. So it came to a breaking point, even for her. And I'm going to let her tell this, this side of the story, but... I know that we were not good, and I know that we were probably on the verge of divorce, most likely. That's where we was heading, and just simply at that point, I probably didn't care, but I kept seeing her faithfulness, and I kept seeing her going, and I kept seeing her just say, I'm going to, she didn't say nothing to me, but she would go to church, and that was more than enough. That was all she needed to say, so, you know, take take us to that moment where you're at your breaking point, I guess. And I'll be honest with you. She told me this once or twice, but when she was telling me earlier, I didn't remember. And it got a little heartbreaking, got a little emotional. And it's already getting emotional now. But take us to that breaking point, I guess, if you don't care to share that, Smalls. Yeah. Yeah, so it was rough. Like he said, it was it was a really rough time. But um, like he said, I continued to go to church and I'd ask for prayers for him at church and um, you know just every Sunday, every Wednesday, and it was on a Monday. I think it was after church. He didn't go with me, you know, on Sunday and. Um, he had got up early and went to the farm, and it was around 7 o'clock probably in the morning, and Owen had woke up, and I, you know, changed his diaper and fed him, and I was rocking him on the couch, and uh, he fell back asleep, and so I went and decided, normally I just sit there and held him, but I decided I was going to go lay him down in his crib so he could take a nap. <laughs> and I uh, laid him down and I started to cry because I was heartbroken and I went back to the living room and I just got down on my knees <laughs> right at the couch and I just cried out to God and I said, I don't understand this. Uh, we have a baby. He won't go to church with me. God, I just need you to help me please and fix this. And it was just in a matter of seconds, he audibly spoke to me and said, I need you to forgive and forget. And it was in that exact moment, I stood up, I shook myself off, I pulled my head up high, and I did exactly that. And it was an instant freedom and an instant turnaround yeah. in our marriage. <clears throat> yeah. So when I come home that day, I do remember the, <laughs> remember the conversation, not all of it, 
But she looked me in the eye and she said, I forgive you. And I want to make this work. And now if you know us nowadays, we talk about me being the big forgiver. But she's the real reason that I'm the big forgiver. Because when she, when I walked into the room that day, that day, her having the forgiving heart that she had to forgive me of being a bad father, of being a bad husband, of just being an overall bad person at that time, she forgave me. And what a heart, you can say anything you want to about her, but what a heart she had to listen to God, to hear the audible voice and, and just say, you know what, I'm going to forgive him and we're going to go on. God was faithful that day. He took and he turned it around and with the prayers of many others and my wife, it was just a couple weeks after that that I tempted or thought about commit was going to commit suicide. And I've told the story before, but a friend of mine messaged me and said, Hey, I love you. God loves you. And God doesn't, God doesn't want this for you. And it was then that things just clicked and turned around. So we got back in, I got back in. I took some time. I slowly graduated into things, grad, graduated into things, getting back into church. A couple years passed and we've been going faithfully. And we become youth pastors. <coughs> and somebody say, oh boy. But we become youth pastors. I remember the three we started with. J.O., Sarah, and Dawson. Mm-hmm. And when we walked into that room, or when I walked into that room that morning, I thought, man, I don't know how I'm going to do this. But this is going to be fun. So that, that was the starting experience of us being youth pastors at Salus. And man, that was exciting. So we moved forward. And I know we... <laughs> I just want to... I know. just want to say how awesome you know she is for, once again, for forgiving. But we moved forward. Uh, we've raised Owen a little bit. Two years have passed. Well, a few years have passed at that point because we've had Norm at that time. Our little fiery redhead. So uh, we've had both of our children... Everything's going good. Everything's going kind of good anyway. So 20, 28, 8, 19, 2018 rolls around. And 2018 is when we received the diagnosis of my my father. Uh, that he had a, a gyroblastema brain tumor. Stage 4. So that didn't give him a long time. So uh, as that's leering on our heads there, we're dealing with that and... And going about our business, just trying to make sure he's okay and praying and believing and having faith that God's going to heal him and take care of him and, and move in his life. And because we knew, we knew he was going to heal, I just knew he was going to heal him. There was no doubt in my mind. Yours? No, no doubt. No doubt because that, that, that was what he was made for was to be, to be there and to be healed and, you know, to glorify God. And, and we just knew that he was going to be healed. So. You know, October, he has the surgery. We go on and, you know, things are getting better with him. In January, we go to the eye doctor. I think me and you had went to the eye doctor at that time, and and I was looking for some glasses, and you had an eye examination. And uh, things just didn't take a good turn that day. So, uh, once again, I'm going to turn it over to her, but uh, she's going to tell you all this testimony of just, you know, God's faithfulness. So, go ahead. 
So it was actually uh, January 10th, and I was in nursing school. Of 2019, correct. Yeah, of 2019. Yeah. My first semester of nursing school, and I had been having um, really bad migraines and blurred vision. And when I would, you know, look up at the board and then look down, I couldn't see what was on my paper. And um, I was taking Tylenol pretty much every single day for my head. And uh, one of my instructors was like, you need to go to the doctor, you know, maybe it's your blood pressure. So I went to the doctor, it checked out fine. You know, everything was normal. And so I was like, well, they said everything was normal. And she actually recommended that I go to an eye doctor. And so I was like, okay. And I'd called around locally and we couldn't get in for months and months and months. And so um, someone had recommended a place in Fort Smith and Michael needed to go anyways to get a renewal for his prescription. And so um, it was like three days after I called, they could get me in on January 10th. And so um, Michael had went first in his appointment and then they had called me back and Michael was like, I'm gonna go over and pick glasses while you're getting your exam. And, you know, I said, okay, that's great. And so um, they did some pre-testing and then I go in the room and I'm waiting and waiting. And then the doctor, he came in and looked me straight in the eyes and he said, we have a serious problem. Um, I was like, okay. He pulled up my eye images and then he said, this is yours. And he said, I'm going to pull up my brother's because he's my brother and he won't care. He said, this is what normal, you know, eyes look like from behind. And he said, yours is not that. He said, the pressure that you have behind your right eye is, I don't know, it was like over 140 or something. Mm -hmm. And he said, I hate to tell you this, but I'm almost certain that you have a brain tumor. And... I absolutely fell apart and I said I need my husband like right now and so he said I am going to get on the phone right now he said there's a possibility it could be something different he said but with this pressure I'm certain that that's you know what it is and so he told me I could go get Michael from the waiting room and he was gonna go make some calls and um, I remember walking out to the waiting room and I just busted in tears and was trying to tell Michael, you know, he said I have a brain tumor that he's pretty sure it's a brain tumor and I could barely get it out Yeah. because I was, you know, in shock for one, you know, he had kids, young kids. And like he had said, his dad had just been diagnosed, you know, in October and had a surgery and, you know, it was scary and the emotions were still super heavy from that yeah. in itself. And, um, it was just, I don't even know how to explain that feeling really at that moment. Just fear. Just a lot of fear. Yeah. So, um, we went back in the room and he did call the radiologist and he said, um, you're scheduled for January 19th, um, for a brain scan at Fort Smith. Um, once you have that done, they'll read it and they'll send me the results and then I will get in contact with you. I think I called every day after I had the scan because I was a nervous wreck. And then on the 24th of January, I received a phone call from the eye doctor and he said, emotional again? (laughs) He said, I know what I seen the first time, but it's nowhere to be found on this MRI. I don't see anything at all now. 
And he said, whatever was there is now gone. Yeah. We didn't say a whole lot because didn't want my dad to worry. Yeah. I remember that was a conversation we had. I do remember us praying at church, though. We had we asked prayed. for prayer, yeah. and Michael's dad actually walked up to me, and he said, I'm telling you right now, you do not have a brain tumor in the name of Jesus. Yeah. And I believed it. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't looking to make anybody worry. I mean, but, man, we need a miracle, and we got it. I mean, when he called, and. And he was in disbelief. That I guess that was because yeah. <laughs> he said, "There's no way I missed it that bad." I remember, mm-hmm. remember him saying, "I just there's no way I missed it that bad. There's no way that this could look like this in three weeks, and then three weeks ago, and then now look like this, or two weeks ago, and now look like this today." He said, "There's just no explaining that. There's there's no way of even telling that." So we're <laughs> We're in Clarksville at the time. We go and celebrate at Fat Dogs by having a big cinnamon roll because <laughs> that's what we liked at that time. So, and, and you know, we look at it and whether it was, you know, whether it was something or something or not, God done something in that time because there was something there that needed taken away. Whatever it was, God healed of that. And he didn't have no more vision trouble. He didn't have no more issues. You are blind as a bat and don't wear your glasses, but. <laughs> Then your head was hurting. You was just having issues seeing all around. And you've not had those issues since. You've not had the head issue since. God healed you of that. And God's pretty awesome like that. God's just so cool in so many ways. But uh, And, and we'll, we'll get around to closing up real quick. But for those of you that are out there that are going through stuff. Maybe you're going through the marital issues. Maybe you're going through the issues of being a parent. Maybe you're, you're having the struggles of being a parent because being a newborn parent is not easy. Being a parent's not easy. We're, we're, we're having, we're having 10 year old and eight year old who have fiery attitudes. And sometimes <laughs> I just want to, you know, put, put the fear of the Lord in them with, uh, you know, with my hand, but man, it's hard sometimes. It, it, you don't know how to counteract that or something like that. So, you know, if you're having the issues as a parent or if you're having, once again, like I said, once again, marital issues, or, you know, you're one of those people that Kelly was talking about, you know, that, that had that diagnosis of you won't have no children and you're not going to be, be able to be a mother. Or if you're just simply going through the fact that you need a, a miracle right now, and we, we was talking about a while ago when we were starting this, what, what was it going to title this? And I was sitting there and, and I remember telling the story and I told her, I said, I'm going to tell it, God, I need you. God, I need you. Because it, this is for those people that are just sitting there right now listening to this moment and this time and saying, I, I just need this from God. Yeah. You, you've sat into, through this whole episode, you've listened to these testimonies, you've listened to us make fun, but right now you're sitting there thinking about the situation that you're going through, through the life circumstance that you're going through, and you think there's no way out, you think there's no hope, and you think there's there's no promise of a tomorrow or no promise of a better day. But I want to remind you that Scripture says joy comes in the morning. And, and if you're listening to this, joy can come right now. Peace can come right now. The Word also says that He gives us peace that surpasses all understanding. And when God gives us a peace that that we can't even fathom, it, it's hard to wrap our minds around. And as Kelly Kelly was talking about, you know, God, I need you. God, I need you. 
at that moment, he, he took and he took an old a me, a guy like me, and he set me free from that. So if we can bounce off scripture from that, who the son sets free is free indeed. So when the son sets you free, and then he gives you the peace that surpasses all understanding, joy will come into your life. And I know that you're sitting here thinking, well, that's easy for you to say, but we've been through some stuff. We've been through some heartaches. We've, we've been through some trials and tribulations. We've been through the mud and the miry clay. Uh, as I was sitting there talking with, with Mr. Joe last week, uh, and we got to discussing, you know, putting people on a pedestal that never go through stuff. Honestly, we can sit here and say that we've been through a lot. <laughs> but we can also look back on our lives. We've been blessed now with our children. We've grown older. We've built a good life. And we can also look back and say, God, you've brought us through a lot too. You've taken us and you've brought us through, once again, through that miry clay. You, you pulled us out of the fire. You pulled us out of the burning furnace. You pulled us off the off the mountaintop. You, you made a way. You parted the waters so that we could cr- walk across on dry land. You did all those things for us. Even when we were undeserving, I was undeserving. And, and my wife, who deserved everything in the world for being faithful. I was undeserving, but he still made a way. He still brought us through. He brought our marriage through. And and once again, don't we still have we still have our spiritual altercations where Definitely. where we want to get at each other's throat sometimes. But ultimately at the end of the day, it, it's about the love of God and it's about the love of God in our lives. It's about loving one another and it's about just raising our children up with a standard and a hope and a promise that they're going to grow older one day and they're going to see that their mom and dad loved each other. They're going to see how they were remained faithful. I will tell them the story. If, if, if it doesn't get told, I will tell them the story of how their mother was faithful to keep going and remain close to God so that our family could stay together. Because it, 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 once again, it's okay to go through troubles. It's okay to go through trials and tribulations. But to realize that God is still on the mountain and he's still there waiting and he's still there waiting for us to call upon his name and say, God, I need you. God, I need you now more than I ever did yesterday. God, I need you. And he'll take care of that. He'll do all that. And, and it may not come right then. There was a couple years that we went through that and God, and God brought us through. But then the brain tumor was three weeks and God healed that. So whatever it is, whatever the circumstance looks like, no matter the situation, no matter what comes against you, no matter what lie the enemy is throwing against you and throwing in your brain right now, you just bind and rebuke him in the name of Jesus and you release the spirit of God, you release the glory of heaven and you release the almighty God, the healing hand of God to come into your situation and move in your life. And God will take care of it. So we are, we're going to close, I guess. We're going to close up with that. And Thanks, Small, for first being here. Do you, got any, you got any words you want to depart with? You got any words of wisdom you want to leave the people with? No? Well, at least don't say, say bye, at least. It was fun. <laughs> it was nerve-wracking, but it was fun. Thanks for being on. Thanks for having me. Uh, every episode... Every episode we have the new person pray, but I've received strict warning that I'm not to do that tonight. <laughs> She's worried to death that I was about to make her. So uh, with that, we, we want to pray. I want to pray. I want to pray. 
And again, I want to pray for everybody that just needs God right now. Uh, yeah, let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for your many blessings. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity you've given us together, Lord, together, Lord, and just share this time of testimony, this time of word of the things you've done in our life. In the moments we needed you when we could cry out, God, we need you. And you were there and you answered and you were faithful to do it. God, we thank you for allowing us to just reflect on the past of the things that we've been through, the things you brought us through. Father, Lord, the foundation you built our loving and relationship on. Lord, the foundation, Lord, that you carried us through each and every day when we were younger. Lord, and I just thank you for that. Lord, and I just pray for those that are going through their right now moment, their needing you moment. I pray for those that are barren, follower, that are seeking, Father, Lord, to have a have child, Father, Lord. I pray for those right now, Lord, and I just pray, Lord, that you would help deliver unto them, Father, Lord, that you would give unto them the desires of their heart. Lord, I pray over, Lord, those that are barren, Lord, that the enemy would try to would try to scare and try to threaten that they're not going to have child. But, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would release, Father, Lord, that unto their lives, that they would be healed, Lord, and that they would be fruitful and they would be parents. Father, Lord, that you would bring them good news and bring them good news of hope. Lord, I pray for those, Lord, that are going through a situation right now that they just don't know that they can get through. Father, Lord, with their spouse or with their friend, with their family, that they don't know that they can get through. But, Lord, they know they can call upon you and say, God, I need you now. That you're going to be there to take care of it. Lord, and I just pray, Lord, that you would meet that need, that you would move in their lives, that you would restore relationships, that you would restore marriages, Father, Lord, that you would just restore friendships, Father, and that you would be, Lord, the bridge back, Father, Lord, to a, to a loving relationship that's needed. Lord, I pray you would restore that in the name of Jesus. And Father, Lord, I pray for those that are dealing with sickness, Father, Lord, those that are dealing with cancer, Lord, those that are dealing with issues right now that man say is not, not, he, not healable. But, Lord, you said it is healing. Lord, I just pray, Lord, that your hand would move upon it. Lord, that you would heal. Lord, that you would touch. Lord, the word says that by your stripes we were healed and made ever with whole. That if we would call upon the name of the Lord and we would ask and we would receive and knock and it would be opened unto us. Lord, and I pray these things be done in the name of Jesus. Lord, that you would move and that you would touch. Oh, Lord, and I, Lord, I thank you once again for Kelly Fowler, for allowing her, Lord, to share testimony for bringing us through those moments in life, Lord. Lord, I just pray, Lord, that it be done. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 This is the Greater Things Podcast. Thank you guys for listening in once again. Once again, thank you to Smalls for doing the podcast with me. I hope you guys enjoy this one. God bless.